Welcome to Dear Live, a podcast that seeks to inspire global voices of change, teach you how to live with intention, and expand on the eight dimensions of wellness. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider. Every week, I'm going to drive conversations from self-development to generational social change, even to financial wellness. I am here to share my stories and reflections alongside therapists, psychologists, coaches, and wellness experts to help you create a healthier you today so we build a healthier world tomorrow. Open up to possibility for yourself, society, and the world. And think of me as the best friend you didn't know you needed with the comfy couch and the brainy stats. Let's get started. Before we get into our guest for today, I wanted to share, I have this money metrics course and you need it. So everyone knows I'm all about financial wellness. And one of the things that I get the most um, questions about is basically how to like shift from debt and poor spending habits to get into that abundant, beautiful, I am <laughs> I am a financial beast type of mindset. So I created this mini course on debt, how to get out of it, how to use credit constructively, and to grow your net worth. Yes, you should be tracking your net worth from your 20s. Not only do we talk about spending, saving, and everything in between, but I created the downloads you need in order to get your money right. So sign up through the link in the show notes. Code is LivePod, my little gift to you. Brianna Borton is a spiritual mentor who guides visionary leaders to become spiritually rooted stewards of wealth. She trusts that when we are connected to our souls, each other, the divine, and the earth, money in our hands is good for everyone and we start to create solutions. She also believes if we can reconnect with intelligence, the problems in our individual lives can be solved. Brianna helps people actualize their goals, manage their minds, and consciously choose their thoughts and beliefs through her programs, tools, and even through her spa. Let's dig in. Hi, and welcome to Dear Live. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, and I'm here today with Brianna Borton. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate it. I love your background. She's So you guys who are listening to the podcast can't see, but she just has absolute beautiful setup. <laughs> I want to go hang out in your living room. <laughs> um, but I, I was, I'm excited to get into this conversation because as most of my listeners know, I'm fascinated by the intersection of science and spirituality. And you, uh, in your bio, there's this really great sentence that just caught my eye immediately. And it was that you are a spiritual mentor to, who guides visionary leaders to become spiritually rooted stewards of wealth. And I'm like, there's like five things that are right in that <laughs> sentence immediately. And my first question to you, though, is how did you get here? What were you doing? How did, how did the journey take you to this place where that's the sentence that um, hits the top of the line? Yeah, well, my journey has been through, I mean, I started a wellness brand when I was 23 and I have been, you know, I still have this company to this day. And so really working from being in a brick and mortar, having spas, having physical products, selling, writing books, then moving into the online world and doing things through that business. Mm -hmm. I really started to develop this sense of not just as the products developed, like the shift in where and how the business was conducted, but also in my broadening scope of exactly what people need needed in order to create their most peaceful lives in the most peaceful world that we could. Mm -hmm. And so as I went from like, oh, you need a spa treatment, which you still do, but you went from like, that was the most, like the number one thing I could do to moving into 
personal development and learning how to plan and create and actually articulate your life the way you want to, to being like, yeah, but even that, if you don't have these other components of having a spiritual connection and feeling like you have abundance of time, energy, money, like if you don't have those things, you're still feeling like you're operating kind of like a life that isn't quite um, what you came here for. Mm -hmm. And so moving through that trajectory in my own life. And as I also have built like my own company and built my own wealth with like very clear intention of where this money comes from and how I make it. And also then where it goes to, I have found that these qualities kind of all have to be together in order, at least for me. And I find for my clients in order to really feel really truly successful and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that that will resonate with because I think we're all on this journey kind of back to self, right? Trying to figure out what we're here for, what is that we're trying to accomplish in life. And we live in an achievement culture. We live in a culture that tells us productivity and hours worked are kind of the measures of success. But you have so many CEOs and entrepreneurs who are completely burnt out. And they understand self-care, I think, from a lot of people from the perspective of like, I'll have a spa day or I'll have a nice cup of tea and read a book and things like that. But, you know, one of the dimensions of wellness is also spiritual wellness and believing in something higher than yourself. And I think it's fascinating that it's adopted by like a government agency is like, yes, spiritual wellness is important. And there's so much more to it than than I think what meets the eye. Someone's like, oh, I, I went to a meditation class or maybe I went to church and maybe that's your spiritual wellness. But what you're basically saying is kind of like you have to have those things kind of targeted and, and intentional in order for the success metrics to actually start to, to hit. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. In order to even be able to, I think, really experience your own success, no matter what like the byline says, right? Or like your, you could rack up your achievements. And if you don't have this other connection feeling, I feel like we tend to feel pretty empty inside mm-hmm regardless. And we find this all the time, people who have like tons of success, but they're, you know, drinking and doing drugs and, or or like shopping or whatever it is to kind of sedate that experience of that inner emptiness Mm -hmm. rather than turning toward it and opening up and seeing like, well, what's actually happening here, exploring and connecting in with more universal truths and their connection to what I would say, like the divine is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you, what do you think the first step is and how do you guide folks to do that? Is that, is that what it is? Is it a method of like the being the observer and self-awareness? Well, I think that in order even to get to that place, you have to get at least somewhat quiet, which I think is actually hard for most people. (laughs) So I, I mean, I really think having a daily practice of meditation and Mm -hmm. there's just really no substitute though, you know, at, I've heard a lot of people try to make substitutes for meditation. They're like, I cook. That's my meditation. I'm like, no, cooking is cooking, which is Mm -hmm. awesome, but it's not meditation. Meditation is meditation. And you can be very mindful in a lot of places in your life, which I think is awesome. And so like equally important, Um, but it's different than having a practice of slowing down, creating space and getting quiet and in order to do those things in our life, as we move through our life, we do really, I have found that most people really need a very regular practice of doing it in meditation. 
Yeah. I've noticed a lot of folks who they have a hard time getting into meditation, right? And you listen to guided meditations and, and kind of find your way in. Um, but once they've experienced the practice for an extended amount of time, I've always said it's not the, the, the quality of the meditation, but it's the quality of the life lived in between the meditations. Yeah. Where you see the actual change and spark. Yeah. I mean, I would say that my, my kids are probably my best reminders. Cause if I don't meditate, they're like, did you meditate? <laughs> <laughs> you need to go do that thing. <laughs> right. I've had my daughters like, did you go to yoga? Have you gone to yoga lately? Maybe you should go to yoga. And <laughs> and now it's it's meditation and everyone in our house knows that when I'm like, I'm going to go meditate, everyone's like, okay, leave mom alone. Like this is her time. This is her space. And I can tell when I'm not. I can tell, you know, I, I have a shorter temper. Um, I have a tendency to eat things mindlessly. I tend to handle stress with baked goods. And so <laughs> like I'm like I'm not as mindful throughout my day when I don't have that meditative practice. As people start to get quiet, um what other tools or resources like are you looking for a certain moment, a sp- certain realization? Um you you talk a lot from what I've seen about peace, this inner peace. How do we find that inner peace? Is that the destination? Well, I would say it's part of the journey for sure. I don't know that I, I mean, I don't know what the destination is. I'm not there yet. I think that we just get to keep moving, but the trajectory I feel like is at least toward a creation of connection. Mm -hmm. I think that connection, and I do believe that actually provides a lot of peace of like, I feel very connected to like my guides and my like to spirit and to the earth and to myself and my own intuition. And these pieces feel like what comes along in then, you know, it's like now these pieces come along and we start to live a life where, where we are in kind of the mystery of existence rather than trying to be in control all the time. Can Mm. we surrender while also engaging and you know, that's probably like the thing I I talk about in like a billion different ways and like every program I do, but this like engagement and surrender practice of how do you engage in life and actually be like in devotion to living and also surrendered to the mystery and the way that the universe provides and being able to receive. And so this practice, I feel like that's often the kind of like first get quiet, <laughs> just be quiet first. And then let's move into this engagement and surrender so that we can really allow ourselves to be in the experience of being human. I love that. So I um, came from, you know, corporate America. That was my background before I became an entrepreneur. And I think I had this like hustle, hustle, hustle mindset. And then I moved to the world of entrepreneurship and it, it it I brought a lot of that with me, right? And one of the things that I've learned, especially as an entrepreneur, is that it requires a lot more flow and grace and self-forgiveness. And it's been really interesting because I have a daily spiritual practice that includes meditation. And recently, um, I had planned on doing this little venture and I was very excited about it. And I have a tendency to attach myself to like, this is my purpose work. This thing is the thing I was created to do. Right. And so I was like, oh, I think maybe this could be it. 
And um, the other day I got a phone call like, hey, some things went sideways, right? Like from a legal and compliance perspective, we can't do it exactly the way you wanted to. And now I'm not sure if this is going to work and la, la, la. And it was the very first time I found myself saying that it wasn't meant to be. And I was like, oh my God, that's so good. Like I've gotten to this place because in the past I would have been like, no, call it, get a second opinion and we'll file a thing and we'll do the thing to make the thing happen. And it was the very first time where I was like, okay, I'll accept that. Like this is, life is so um, nuanced and beautiful and complex. And if you allow for that magical, mystical part of life, I think it was my intuition saying, okay, if if things are closing down, then if I'm not being shut out, I'm being redirected. And what a blissful place to be for type A personalities, you know, <laughs> when you can get there and you're like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. This is nice. <laughs> I think this is okay. I can work with this. And I, I like that was such an example. But let's like I feel like we're getting into kind of like a juicy piece of this where, you know, you were talking about this idea of kind of it's almost like the surrender and the engagement, like this co-creation with the universe, with source, divine, God, whatever you want to call it. Um, it takes a ton of recognizing your own ego and your own chatter and noticing the difference between the parts that are trying to keep you safe and the parts that are trying to grow you and, and lead you. How do you help the person who's like, I don't know what I'm hearing right now, you know? I don't know if it's my ego or if it's my intuition. Yeah. Well, I always say that the ego loves to fight. So I always just kind of like poke at it. Like, and if you, any sort of like re any sort of, uh, like opposition that you give something that your ego is very attached to your ego is going to fight because it's what it does. It's like what it's made for. It's not even, it's not bad either. I'm like, it's useful. It can be useful in so many ways, but if we want to really like tap in, it's almost like challenge it. And if it's like, huh, well, you know, kind of like soft, it's like, okay, that's likely your intuition or, you know, spirit guiding you. And mm -hmm. if it's like, no, you don't understand. This is, a <laughs> it's a likely that it's your ego, right? Because our egos right. are just so like made to fight. And so mm -hmm. seeing that, and then I also think that like, what I also often say, like, if it, what if it wasn't you? Like, and removing the, if it wasn't you part, like uh, this thing is needs to be done in the world. It's like, would you do it if no one ever knew it was you? Mm -hmm. If no one thought it was you at all, and it just got done, would you still do it? Or do you want it to be about you being the person? Yeah. Because that's also a very good indication that it's our ego wanting to create a like puffed up sense of self of like, I am the one who did the thing, right? If it's like, I just actually want to make sure that these people get food. I don't care yeah. if anyone notices that it's me, that it's, I mean, it still feels good to get people to help too. So you're still sure. going to have that sense, but it's not so attached to your own identity. Mm, that's so good. And I feel like lately I've been doing this dance with my ego, trying to learn its voice, right? Um, because I work on a lot of projects and, you know, there's opportunities for conflict and uncomfortable conversations and things like that. And I've had to be like, is this about me right now? Or do like, 
and and I think that that's such a beautiful place to be in, especially for anyone who's listening to this who does consider themselves entrepreneurial or a visionary or someone who's supposed to do something important in the world, is to start playing with that voice and try to understand. And I love what you just said. Like if if nobody knew it was me, would I would I still want to do it? That's a great question. That's a great. And I think self reflection is huge um, in understanding our motivations and, and why we want to accomplish something. Why do you specifically talk about visionaries? Are you, what is, is that part of your purpose work? Is that something that you want to, what's your, your end result? Cause I see a lot of, of purpose work and personal, um, desire within your bio. And so I'm curious what that means to you. Yeah. Well, part of it is I actually just really love working with visionaries. I feel like I relate so much to them. I feel like when I work with people who don't have that, it's it's almost like there's there's a first phase that needs to come on board first. And I think that everyone, I think everyone has the potential to be a visionary, honestly. It's just that if if that potential hasn't been activated yet, it's like almost like I'm like, oh, that's just not the work I do. I'm I don't do that work. You should find somebody who does that work because there's lots of people who do. They're super cool and awesome. And that's really important work. Um, And, but yet I know that where I have served people the best is if they already are visionary leaders. And then I'm like, oh, I can help you. It's like, I just know where I'm best used. And that's working with people who are visionaries to be able to really escalate their growth and evolution. And Mm -hmm. so that's part of it. And also because I think that I was actually just talking to about this with a really good friend of mine. We were talking about the difference between planning and visioning. And like, we were talking about the wood element and plants and how they don't have a plan to grow. They just have a vision for growth and it just happens. It's like, we have a, if we have a trajectory rather than like trying to control the future, it's like my trajectory is this. And we were talking about the difference between hope and vision and mm-hmm. how he was like, I think hope is just fear dressed up. And I was like, huh. I mean, I didn't never really consider it that way. And I don't, I like people who are hope people. I, sure. I'm grateful for them. But I also feel like it is different to say I have hope feels like almost like I like a wish a little bit against the fear that yeah. we actually have. But vision for me is like, no, this is where we're going. And I hold that so much in myself. Like, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm creating on this planet, whether I see it in my lifetime or not. And I think working with people that have that, there's so Mm -hmm. much that I can support them in doing and creating um, that it's who I want to work with. I like that. I remember one time talking to um, a wealth manager and I said something about hope and he was like, hope is not a strategy, Jeanette. And I was like, but I like having it. (laughs) But if I said I have a vision, everyone would probably be like, tell me more, you know, like in that room specifically. Um, And I think that's – I love that. I know exactly what you're talking about because I think there are people who have a vision for the future and are willing to allow the path to be fluid and rely very deeply on themselves and their instincts and their intuition and their relationships. Um, where I know, I, w- I guess I would call them more like architects, where they kind of have the thing, but then they've got the entire playbook, right? And sometimes if things don't work out exactly as they want, it kind of ruffles their feathers, right? Um, I was like that in the first probably year, 12 months to 18 months of being an entrepreneur. 
um, because I developed an app that went live during COVID. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> I got like a crash course in like grace as entre- as an entrepreneur. Um, and I've had to learn like how much more fluid that you have to be in the way that you plan for your future and understand that it may shift and it may adjust and it may change. But I am a person of deep faith, so I do believe that there is divine order. I do believe that every time a door is shut, that that's an opportunity for redirection um, or self-reflection. And so, um, and I, I know that there's actually a lot of entrepreneurs and business leaders who are people of great faith in co-creation and in universal, you know, mystical properties and what have you. And um, you feel more empowered and brave, I think, when you have that. Um, because there's just a little bit of magic to it, you know? Yeah. And science too. I mean, at this point, I kind of feel like science really bags us up on this mystical journey, which, so if people are unconvinced, I'm always like, uh, but wait, do you like science? Cause it's right. also like, we can prove that this is that we aren't on our own, right? That we actually, creation is something that we change through our observation and that in order, so that there's this magical like communion between us and the union and the universe in creation and how important our attention and our way of holding things is and how important it is for us to also allow creation to be brought to us and with us through more magical means. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, yeah, it's really amazing to me to to know how many people that we think are like not woo woo who are just like not talking. Mm-hmm. About I'm like just because they're yeah, no, I think that talk about being woo woo doesn't mean they aren't. They are. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I know a lot of people, and they would only give you the one woo. They wouldn't t- say woo woo. They would <laughs> they'd be like I'm woo light, you know, like where they're like I'm, and I I that's why I love this podcast uh, and doing this podcast is because we talk to neuroscientists and yogis and healers and therapists and you get that beautiful mix and every now and then I get people who agree and it's mostly neuroscientists and like the spiritual kind of spiritualists you know like yogis and and those that believe in meditation and and kind of the mysticism there's a lot of neuroscientists who are like well yeah if you do that it's going to rewire your brain like yeah that works too and it's just so fascinating um you talk about reconnecting with intelligence tell me what that means to you Yeah. I mean, I really feel like there's this deep understanding that is almost like in the, the universal consciousness Mm -hmm. that is beyond our, like, it's beyond our, like learning normally that Mm -hmm. we can connect into and allow ourselves to be actually opened up by it rather than being kind of like, more, more than like memorization and just having the thoughts. I feel like intelligence lives in like our bodies of deep understanding of the way things um, work. Even if it's not, even if we couldn't tell you the words like, oh, I can, I can live that kind of life. It's like you living from universal intelligence. Kind of like, so what I'm thinking of when you're, there's a couple of different inferences and I think it's depending upon like what you've watched, listened to, or believe in, right? So it could be universal intelligence. It could be the I am. It could be Christ consciousness. Like you're talking about all of that kind of on a spectrum, but it just in a different, you know, kind of wrapper. If I'm 
understanding correctly, the idea that we're all connected and that knowledge is out there for us, even if we didn't necessarily open the book ourselves. Yeah. 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 It's amazing to me. I mean, I think we find that even through the internet, right? Mm -hmm. We also like have everything at our fingertips. Like, I feel like it's like the, the internet, the ethereal internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you kind of like tap in. I've had moments where like something will come to me. I'm like, how do I even know that? (laughs) Like, how do I even like that word? I wouldn't even know that word or that time period or anything like that. It's just kind of, it's interesting to me. I'm, I am a student of life. I am open to anything and everything being possible. And I think that that's made life so much more fun, Mm -hmm. you know, being open to whatever comes. Um, you talk about uh, energy attunement and how important that is on your spiritual journey. And I'm curious what you mean from your perspective. Like from, from me, I know that I am so now self-aware that I can tell when I walk into a room if the energy doesn't align with me. I can tell if the words that are, I'm speaking don't align with like who I want to be. I can I can very quickly say, oh, I shouldn't have said that because that was not – the person that I want to be or the vibration I want to be at or whatever that looks like. Is that kind of what you're, you're talking about tuning in or being attuned to energy? I mean, that is definitely like one part of it. I would say like all of that would, I would say definitely falls into that category. I mean, I do work with people to make it so that their energy flow actually flows. Mm -hmm. So I think when our energy is, like aligned and attuned to what we are wanting to move forward with. It's like we are attuned with the actual internal like way in which our energy should healthily flow. And we like remove blockages and we cut cords and we like can change energetic past lives and past and actually like physical past lives. And we can actually shift so much in our energy so that we are actually as open as possible. And then we also then can use an open frequency to attune to what we want. So that could be like attuning to who we want to become, attuning to like a way of being that we want to adopt. And then we start to be able to kind of like being an untuned guitar and then we can start to be like, okay, now I'm tuning to Mm -hmm. what I actually am wanting. And so that happens through like frequency and resonance. I love that. I actually, you know, a doctor who just started doing frequency at his like pain management clinic. Um, And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I think this is fascinating because we also recently had a scientist on who was talking about like, even if someone in your lineage experienced a hardship that can be you're carrying that not even just energetically but genetically and i was just so like fascinated by that that like a scientist is like yeah like if something happened you know 3 generations ago that could be passed down as kind of like a trauma body or an experience within your genetic code um, and they were talking about epigenetics. And I was like, I'm so fascinated that there's ways to look at this from both sides of the coin, right? Where if you really want something, you could have a family trauma or some kind of issue with lack or someone that went through the war who's like, you shouldn't get that because we're not aligned. And I'm just using that as an example. But there could be stories that you don't even realize that you hold subconsciously yours or other 
um, where you don't believe you deserve something or you've got issues in relationships and they have to do with conversations you overheard when you were five um, that you have to kind of unwind and pull out. And I, my question to you is, do you need to understand and process them for long periods of time or can you kind of um, do it in an energetic kind of clearing way where you can move past them quickly? Well, both are options, I suppose. Um, the way I do it with people is it's more of a, it's a faster process because we're working on an energetic level and it also requires like some degree of buy-in from the person. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't shift that for somebody if they didn't believe in it, like, because they would just pick it right back up. Like we have very strong minds. So if it's a conscious thing, like I heard this when I was five, I now believe it. I hold this is true. Then I could shift it from that place in five. But if they don't trust that that's possible, they'll just, their mind will override the energy and rewire it back. And so, but the cool thing is if it was something that was in a past life or in a, or even in your genetics I can go back and do energy work for that. And if they didn't know it already, they hadn't already grabbed onto it mm -hmm. often shifting that is easier because there isn't their mind undo it. Yeah. And so, and also obviously like most people that work with me believe in energy work because otherwise sure. it's so weird to work with me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they'd be like, why am I paying you? Um, so they usually have the belief that I am. And so then they don't pick it back up mm -hmm. and then it happens so much faster because yeah. they don't have to go through like all of the mental processing to release something, which often they often people have a hard time doing anyway. And yeah. so, and we often do kind of side by side if necessary. Yeah. And I've known a lot of people talk about how doing either like brain brain work, right? Or or hypnotherapy has helped with some of those things that are harder to unwind where they don't want to spend years in therapy, but they're trying to figure out how to just replace a pattern or a signal or a synapse with new patterning and and how that can be done. I'm curious about the past life thing because I find past lives fascinating. Um, do you are you able to kind of tune in and figure out where the blocks are and and see that life or do you regress someone to where they have the experience? How does that typically work? Um, so I do some of both, like kind of depends on the person and their, about their ability as well, mm -hmm. but we can go back and yeah, we can get them right into that time. It's a little confusing. I have, I actually experienced past lives in a way that I've never heard anyone else explain before, but as soon as I share them with other people, they're like, Oh, now it all makes sense. Mm -hmm. But we often think that we've been like one, like one, like collection of energy. That's just moved from life to life, to life, to life, to life. And it's not totally like that, which is why when we often have past life memories or we go into past life regression, we're like, I kind of feel like I'm this person and I kind of feel like I'm this person mm -hmm. and I don't, can't tell who. And it's because when we actually don't move just like this chunk of energy just throughout all these lives, we move, we like, are, we come in and we're this and then we go back and it's like, I like to explain it like we're like a scoop of ice cream taken out of an ice cream container and we're taken out put in a bowl and we get to live our little life as an ice cream in a bowl. And mm. then we melt and then we go back in to the pot and we, but we've melted and it's like everything kind of gets a little bit mixed together. Mm -hmm. And so when the next scoop is taken out, it's not the exact same. 
right? It's got like a little bit of this and a little bit of that, just like tiny meltings. And so then we we're made, brought back in. So we may have gone back into the big ice cream <laughs> bucket of the universe. Yeah. And we go back to the ice cream bucket of the universe. And we may have part of like, say, like somebody who was a perpetrator and somebody who was a victim, we might have a little bit of both in mm. us. And so we come back and we go into that life and we're like, I feel like I'm kind of both these people. And it's because we kind of are you've, a little bit about those people. Yeah. You've taken, you have, you have fragments like fractals from different aspects of your lives. I, so I didn't even think about past lives until I had my daughter and she, when she started talking, she would tell me, remember when I was your mom and you and daddy were my kids? Do you remember the time you were born and you had the mark on your head? Do you remember? And I'm just like, what? <laughs> and her dad, who is so like, atheist, doesn't believe in anything. He called me one night and after we, we were divorced and after we were divorced, he's like, our kid is freaking me out. <laughs> and so he started reading like many lives, many masters. Like he actually started looking into it. He goes, I think I might actually believe in this stuff because she says things and it's not make believe the way she's, ex she's like, no, this happened. And I was like, yeah. So she kind of opened our eyes to the possibility. And ever since then, I've kind of been studying and I've done my own regressions and things like that. And I've been fascinated by the idea that we're very complex creatures. <laughs> very complex. It's true. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I I had I I wrote some of them down. I didn't write all of them down. Um, and as she got older, she kind of forgot about all of that stuff. But it was just really fascinating. And I just think it's really interesting. There's been a couple of people I know who've really suffered from deep trauma and have had really bad experiences. And they've gone through therapy and they've gone to hypnotherapists and they've done psychiatry and they've done like they've done all of these modalities to finally just be like, I think I'm gonna try it. Like they're ready to do the woo with the two woos, right? <laughs> they're ready to add the second woo because they're just like, nothing else is working. What can I do? And I think that. I've I've known a lot of people to actually say like I want to see if there's a past life that's affecting me or something that's going on from that perspective that's keeping me stuck or held or what have you. Um, I just think it's it's so fascinating. Uh, why is it so important though that as we're on this journey that we build this 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 trust in ourselves, this intuition, this this sense of inner peace. Um, in order to move forward? Like, what do you think, like once you're, you're kind of putting all these pieces together, right? You're, you're getting quiet and you're understanding yourself. You're doing this work on yourself. You're starting to figure out what your blocks are. You're starting to kind of trust the voice within. Like, is there, is there a magic moment where you're like, I've done all of the things? Um, or like you were saying, I don't know that I've found the destination. Are we constantly adding? Well, it's interesting because I feel like this is like the biggest question that people ask me all the time is like, when will I be like, <laughs> when will I be done? Right. And I'm like, I don't think that you will be done. I think that the, I think our purpose is to be in this great exploration of, of experience here. Like how can we awaken within these physical bodies? And even at that, it's like, is that the destination? Well, no, because there's more, right? You awaken and then there's more awakening and there's more expansion and there's more awakening and there's a further like consciousness to reach. I feel like exponentially because we are just microcosms of the macrocosm and the universe is always expanding. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we would think that we are ever going to get to a place and then just be like, and this is it. I really like the timer on the oven goes off. Ding. <laughs> <be done. laughs> right? 
I also think that people often think it's going to be like a, like there's going to be a parade and there'll be fireworks and you will definitely know when you've arrived and, you know, people will be singing, you know, there'll be gifts, right? Yeah. But that's not how it is. It's not yeah. that at all. It's actually just that like, oh, this that's been here all along yeah. is actually the thing. Yeah. What's interesting to me is like, as I've continued on my spiritual journey, I finally had a, a moment where I am constantly striving and moving and da-da-da-da-da. Like, I have to do these things. I have to figure out my purpose and la-la-la-la. And I also realized a lot of it had to do from the fact that I was I was raised in a neighborhood that was very violent. There was a lot of – so it's a safety thing for me. Like, I don't want to go back. So I have to keep moving. And if I can if I can succeed and if I can – I never have to go back. And so it's something I've had to, like, work on. And I finally had a moment recently in my spiritual journey where I was like, this is it. This is now. This is – I'm good. Today, I was kind to people. My daughter is happy. I am in a good and loving relationship, and I was able to help a few individuals with something they're working on. My work today is complete. Today was my purpose work. You know what I mean? And instead of it being this thing I have to go get and I have to go make, I'm just like, today I will make it and and whatever it becomes, and I will try to sit within you know, my self-awareness and notice when it's my ego versus my intuition and you know, kick my ego to the curb unless I need her to keep me safe in a situation and and just be okay with that, right? And I think um, that took a lot of like stress off my shoulders and I'm like, okay, knowing that I'm never going to be done and that I've changed a million times over through the course of my own, my own journey to self, right? It's been probably a decade now that I've been working on it. Um, but I'm like, well, the person I'm going to be in 10 years is going to be really cool then. <laughs> like, she's going to be awesome. I'll see her when I get there. Yeah. If we know that we're always learning and growing, right? We're growing, we're evolving all the time. Yeah. We can just trust that that's how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love this conversation. I know that people are going to have questions for you. Um, so where should they find you if they're interested in working with you, doing any of your programs, figuring out who they've been and where they're going? <laughs> um, well, they can come follow me on Instagram. It's the place okay. I love to connect with people. So, and I'm just Brianna Borton on Instagram. And if you want to learn a lot about my like programs or offerings or working one-on-one -on -one together, you can come to BriannaBorton.com. I love it. And I just really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. And to the listeners, don't forget to follow us at DearLive.app on Instagram and download the DearLive app on the Apple App Store. Until next time. Bye.